veganism is not a destination, it's a journey. The majority of us, at least in the United States of America, is being raised with meat. We are so much a product of a deeply ingrained culture. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Dr. Alyssa Haransky-Beck, and I am delighted to be here with Dr. Joanne Kong. Dr. Joanne Kong has been praised throughout the world as one of the most compelling advocates for plant-sourced nutrition today. Her highly praised TEDx talk, The Power of Plant-Based Eating, has over 800,000 views on YouTube, is placed on numerous websites internationally as well. She's the author of If You've Ever Loved an Animal, Go Vegan. She's profiled in the new book, Legends of Change, about vegan women who are changing the world. And she's going to appear in the upcoming major documentary, Eating Our Way to Extinction. <sighs> Take a breath into that one. She has given international talks in Italy, Spain, Germany, the Netherlands, Canada, and a three-week 10-city tour of India to promote veganism. Joanne is a professor at the University of Richmond in Virginia, a critically acclaimed and award-winning classical pianist. And that's where I first noticed her at a NABS conference, the North American Vegan Society Conference last summer in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which didn't even happen this year in 2020, but amazing, amazing performing artist this lady is. And she combines her musical artistry and public speaking to advocate for animals, veganism, and the environment. Her website, you have your pencil or your device? Write this down, type this out. Her website is vegansmakeadifference.com. And without further ado, we're gonna dive into the first question here, Joanne. What started you on your journey? Well, first of all, Alyssa, I want to thank you so much for all the amazing work that you do, all of your endeavors, not only with the plant-based movement, but what you do for health and wellness and the environment and your journey through health and wellness initiative. It's just amazing. And even in the midst of our COVID crisis, if anything, it's given us even more motivation to create a deeper community, just like people like you are doing, that our journey and what we're trying to do in our communities and globally, it's become even more important during these times. So looking back on my own personal journey, I always point out to people, you, you know as well as, as many other vegans, how sometimes people say we're being self-righteous or we're being the preachy vegan, that kind of thing, like we're, you know, like we're seeing ourselves as superior to other people. But I point out as an example, my journey and how it's so typical of other people's path to veganism. I mean, I grew up in a family eating animals. And when I was young, I didn't give it a thought. You know, the, the part of animals sitting on, on my plate, I, I just, you know, I look back on it now almost with horror, like how, could, how come it didn't occur to me? And we are so much a product of a deeply ingrained culture. I mean, we simply grew up in our families. We 
accepted the traditions of our families and culture. And so we never were put in the framework of, of questioning what seemed to be such a seemingly normal and natural thing. And I think that's, you know, also part of human nature, right? That we find a sense of security, even validation, like everyone else is doing this and I'm doing it, so it must be right. So I think part of my journey happened, gosh, that was a long time ago, in 1985, I was living, my husband and I were living in Texas. This is what, 35 years ago? And the moment that put me on my path was when one day my husband brought home a book. It was a book by Jim Mason and Peter Singer called Animal Factories. And this was a book that came out in 1980. It's a slim volume, black and white pictures, but it powerfully relates the story of what happens to animals in factory farms. And it was like, like I was just awakened. It's like, I had never even thought about this. So I point out to other people in my advocacy, the importance of, of education and simply opening yourself up to things that we've been conditioned not to look at, you know, and you're medically in your field, right? You work with vision and vision is not only physically being able to see, right? It's also vision to me is also your view of the world, what your perception of the world is. So that was really, yes, what started me on my journey. That's beautiful. That's totally, I love your analogy um, <laughs> regarding vision. I love to hear it yes. from others other than myself. And it's so true that that cognitive dissonance wasn't even part of our upbringing. In other words, like just what you said, we never even considered it. I only remember once or twice smelling my food as animal, but that's only now in retrospect become an understanding of how disgusting and intolerable that is. So you told us what moved you into eating a plant-based diet. Tell us a little bit more about what challenges you've encountered along the way, because you've been at this for a long time. I didn't realize 35 years, that's you know, that could be two lifetimes, you know, that's a long time that you're an experienced vegan, even though you weren't raised that way. You have the story under your belt of all of us, the majority of us, at least in the United States of America is being raised with meat, chickens, fishes, dairy. To clarify, I, my husband and I first went vegetarian 35 years ago. And then during all that time, it was kind of this gradual realization that you know, we need to be fully vegan. And, and I think that brings up another thing too. People sometimes have the perception that it's an all or nothing thing, but what it is, is a path. I have a, a friend of mine, Shankar Narayan, who was my tour organizer in India. He has this wonderful saying. He says that veganism is not a destination, it's a journey. You know, and, and here we are yeah. uh, journeying through health and wellness. Yeah, we're journeying through health and wellness. Everybody has their own individual things that motivate them, different things they value. 
And so as an advocate, it's so important to meet people as individuals, get conversations going. It's giving them the tools and the knowledge so that they can explore their own lives, what's important to them. And by having that positive point of connection, that's how we plant the seeds of veganism and motivate people to move more and more in that, that direction. But you asked about the challenges. I think for me, probably the greatest challenge, and I think all of us vegan advocates experience this, is, you know, we were both at NAVS Summerfest last summer. And I remember they were talking about this, how you're in this community of vegans and plant-based medical and environmental professionals and everyone is so motivated. Then you have to go out into the real world, right? So Every once in a while, I have these moments, and I'm sure you do too, of just like, I'm not doing enough. I, I see what's happening to the animals. I just have this moment of, of intense sadness and even emotional pain and sometimes despair, you know, because we're still, vegans are clearly in the minority. Meat consumption is still expected to rise especially in you know underdeveloped countries and it can be very depressing so i think for me that's a personal challenge that i just have to keep going i have to look at the positive as much as possible and surround myself with people like you <laughs> and sally all of you who who are motivated and energized because we help each other so hopefully that helps me to meet that challenge well i i want to acknowledge part of our mutual admiration society dr sally lipsky who's here with us as a witness and observer and the head and spark for plant-based pittsburgh which is of course an affiliate of the plant pure communities and um She's working now with the climate food, connecting the dots to dots. And she's written an amazing book called Beyond Cancer. And she's a cancer survivor 13 years after the doctors probably told her she was going to be gone. So, you know, she's not only not gone, she's rocking it. Okay, I, that was a little brief intermission. I had to just thank Sally for being here. And, and the challenge, the challenges I was speaking about feeling the emotional pain with COVID Another thing that that's brought up to me is just how deeply conditioned, how pervasive the conditioning, the acceptance of consuming animals and animal products is. I mean, you look on the mainstream news, the mainstream media, what were some of the first messages that you heard coming out? Things like, oh, the food supply chain is broken. Where are we going to get our meat? You know, so there's been virtually nothing in the mainstream media in terms of saying we need to look at the root cause of why do we have these increasing amounts of pandemics? I mean, over the past couple of decades, they're just becoming more and more prevalent, but the public as a whole is not looking at the fact that if we would stop exploiting animals, you know, everything you do has a way of coming back at you, right? So that, that's another challenge that I think we need to do is to grab this opportunity with the pandemic we're in to spread our message in a positive way. That's beautiful. Could, could, you, could you take a few minutes to describe your kind of current day-to-day -day 
you know, you know, what do you eat? And like in a day, I know this happens with me, I'm always educating. So every day something comes up related to veganism. And I, I personally live in a household where not everybody is vegan. So they're, they're actually grilling chickens on the deck out of my house. Luckily in the summer, it's out of the house. But I'm having on a daily basis, actually, our, our children are very heavily vegan leaning. They're doing, you know, meatless Mondays. They are very aware of what's going on in this household. They're aware of organic. They know what veganic means. But on a daily basis, I'm modeling something that I want to see in the world. And they are doing their best as being raised as meat eaters to move in this direction. But in your current day to day, maybe... You know, do you prepare meals with your husband? What kinds of foods do you like? What's your favorite dessert? You know, what kind, how do you describe yourself as a vegan? Not out there, how you're helping the animals, but how you're helping yourself and maybe moving into your own version of your better self on a, on a moment by moment basis. Right. Well, overall, my diet is actually very simple. And that's one of the things I point out to people who don't know much about plant-based nutrition they have this idea that, oh, this is a new diet and it's expensive and I need to buy special ingredients and, and this kind of thing when it's really a, about simplification, right? And you know this so well. So like for breakfast, we make our own almond butter from scratch. So we'll have whole grain bread with spread almond butter and I put a tablespoon of flax on it that I grind up very simple. I might do a simple oatmeal and put some fruit in it. Lots of snacking on fruits throughout the day. One of my favorite meals is just a salad. I mean, I tell people, eat the rainbow, you know, get some kale. I love kale and broccoli. Raw veggies, colorful veggies, peppers, zucchini, mix it all together. That's like the perfect meal. So it's really, you know, and I have very limited time. I, I don't do a lot of, of fancy cuisine. So the fact that my time is limited in the kitchen is actually a good thing because that leads me to just find, you know, simple ways of, of eating. Nothing needs to be complicated. I love tempeh, really delicious. There's so many wonderful ways to pre prepare tempeh. And we do a lot of homemade pasta sauces, you know, instead of buying the pre-processed jarred pastas, we'll get some tomatoes and garlic, some vegetable broth. I eat very, very little oil. I mean, every once in a while, my husband will say, oh, this is sticking, you know, squirt a little bit of oil. But, you know, you can easily cook and stir fry using water or vegetable broth. You know, what can be more simpler than that? So... Really, for me, it's about simplicity and variety. If you eat a variety of whole plant foods, you can't go wrong. So that, that's, that's basically what I do. It's, it's nothing fancy at all. Thank you for that. That was beautiful. I'm going to switch gears here now and ask you, how does music add to your activism? You know, how do you integrate or incorporate your musical background? Right. I always look back on, on the fact that I'm a trained classical pianist. And over the past few years, I've realized that in a way, the music without my quite realizing it prepared me to be a vegan advocate. 
because as a concertizing artist, what you're essentially doing is reaching out to people, right? And you're a dancer, so you know this. You know, you do it through your beautiful body movements. I do it through sound and also some body movements at the piano. But music to me is about moving someone's inner soul. Music is about creating a space, an aural space for people to become connected to their inner self. And we need so much of that in this world, right? I mean, our world is so material. It's about acquiring things and, you know, those sort of, of values of objects, of things we need to get and things we need to have. And we need to tune in more to who we are inside right those inner values and that sort of thing so to me as a musician that's my primary goal as a performing artist and i've realized that as a vegan advocate it's really exactly the same thing we're both working right to reach to people to look at their inner values to reawaken their sense of compassion for other beings that is a natural innate part of every human being somewhere along the way society lost that sense of connection so that's why for me it's never about judging other people it's about helping them to reawaken to their inner spirit so i do it both through music and i do it through my vegan advocacy and Another thing that's wonderful about the arts, and you know this too through all your dancing, is that when you're trying to communicate a message, it's not just through the spoken or written word. The arts, you know, music and dance, have the capacity to expand upon that message. It amplifies the message because the person who's receiving the messages is receiving it through other sensory inputs, right? So that's why I think the role of the arts in our advocacy activities is so important. I love that. This was a beautiful interview. Thank you so much for being here. I, I, Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm just so in awe. And, I'm, and you helped me to kind of understand even more the connection between why we're going to be working together and launching into some projects because the connection between our senses, vision being, you know, one of the senses and the interaction between the auditory and visual and kinesthetic and smell and touch and taste and offering our everything that we have to the community at large through different modalities that they're not used to. So here we are sitting, speaking with one another virtually. And the next time you see us presenting, it will be in a different format. So Joanne, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you want to kind of say to wrap up? I just want, want to thank you again. The vegan community is growing and anyone who's out there listening, veganism, it, it's not just a diet. It's about who you are as a whole person. It's about a way to heal the earth. We didn't talk at length about the environmental impacts of veganism, but it's a lifestyle choice that has so many broad implications, and it's one of the most powerful choices that anyone can make. 
thank you again. And if you want to have any, you know, statistics or any other couple of sentences or paragraph about the connection between veganism and the environment, that's my last question, which I was going to leave off. But we have a few more minutes here. Was do you relate what you eat to the health of the planet? Would you like to speak to that for a few minutes? Absolutely. Even though I became first a vegetarian, then vegan for ethical reasons because of animals, more and more I realized that making that choice is so critical for our planet. Animal agriculture is the most destructive industry that humankind engages in, whether it's greenhouse gas emissions, deforestation for, for raising livestock, water use, about a third of global water usage goes to the livestock industry, have the fact that we're decimating our oceans. By 2048, it's anticipated that we'll run out of fish stocks in the ocean. You have enormous erosion, loss of topsoil, species and habitat loss due to habitat destruction. There are just so many aspects when you look at it at how we're really, you know, we're, we're really destroying the home, our planet Earth. We're really destroying it. World hunger, nearly half of all the food crops go to animals being raised for food instead of the people who need it the most. And this whole aspect of animal agriculture related to the planet is a challenging one because when you're talking about climate change, and the state of the earth. For most people, most people are concerned with their immediate needs, right? What they're facing day to day. For them, looking at climate change and environmental damage, they kind of see it, they perceive it as a, what I call a slow moving crisis. It's like it's distant, it's like it's out there and they feel that they have no power over it. It's like it's invisible. So part of the challenge for us vegans is to help people make that connection that whatever we do to other living beings, we're all part of this web. You know, it's all the other animals on the planet. It's all the plant life. It's the oceans. And it's about fostering this awareness that we and the entire planet were one thing and we need to put positive loving energy out there and positive actions and that's how we can heal ourselves as a whole well you've just planted a seed in my self and that is that i based on this end of this conversation am going to create a raw living foods challenge for the whole food plant-based vegan <laughs> because when I experienced for about six months of my life, about eight years ago, raw living foods, I felt so much more awake. Now I had gone from a carnivore in directly into that. That's a story for another day, but you gave me an idea and I thank you for that. And I thank you from the bottom, the top, the middle, the back in front of my heart for being here and we wish everybody who's listening to have a wonderful day and a wonderful rest of the 2020 with vibrancy. And if you're not vegan yet, hopefully you gathered some inspirational energy from this conversation. So until next time, take care, blessings and peace on earth and to all beings.